the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Welcome in Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kinner here with you. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas. It's my favorite time of the year. Yes, I love the holidays, but I mainly love this time of year because conference play tips off. That's when things really start heating up on the hardwood for both men and women's college basketball. We have two guests lined up for you here today. We'll catch up with the voice of the Milwaukee Panthers and Scott Warris coming up around the corner. The Panthers are being led by first-year head coach in Bart Lundy. And the Panthers, they've jumped out to an impressive 8-4 and four start. Conference play, although we're billing it as tipping off tonight, it's already technically tipped off. Uh, but a 2-0 and o start for the Panthers in Horizon League play. This is a season that they were kind of picked a ninth in the preseason poll. Not a lot of expectations when a new head coach comes in, uh, but it's kind of been interesting watching teams like Milwaukee and Cleveland State, both programs with new head coaches, who have had a very solid start in the non-con. We'll talk about that more later on, but I'm excited uh, for our conversation uh, coming up here around the corner uh, with the voice of the Milwaukee Panthers and Scott Warris. But I want to kick off the podcast today with a friend of the podcast. We've had him on multiple times in the past. Uh, John Nolan. John well, uh, John uh, joins us. He's the voice of uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne, the Mastodons, of course, and uh, always look forward to chatting with him. John, it's been a while. Welcome, man. How are you? Hey, Justin. Happy holidays. Happy Horizon Days. Fired up, certainly, now to uh, really go full go in the conference portion of the schedule. But thanks so much for the chance to visit with you here. Yeah, you know, we're going to get into, you know, I have my two top matchups of conference play that I've circled for this uh, for this weekend. I know you do as well. But before we do that, just uh, and we'll get into some Mastodons talk here in a moment. They're the hottest team in the league right now. I think they've won like five straight. I mean, they're, they're really starting to feel feel it heading into conference play, which is a good thing. John Kaufman has them rolling. But when you look at the non-con slate and how it's unfolded on the men's side, I mean, to me, I, I think it's there's a lot of surprises that have popped up. For one, Milwaukee, an 8-4 start, obviously with the new you know, first-year head coach. Uh, not a whole lot of expectations, but this is what Milwaukee does. It's almost like the more you bury them and tell them that they're not going to be great, it's like they, they put that chip on their shoulder and they just go plowing right into it, right? They're 8-4, 2-0 in conference play. I love to see Cleveland State continue to play at a high level. There's the positive surprises that we've seen, and then there's the negative surprises, like Wright State, who was picked atop the conference as well. They had a stretch where they lost four straight. Uh, they're 0-2 in conference play. They got a big one with NKU this week. But uh, just your overall takeaway of the surprising elements of conference uh, of the non-con, I should say, as we head into conference play. Yeah, well, just to follow up on that, I mean, Wright State with that road win at Louisville, NKU having that you know epic uh, home environment uh, and win against uh, Cincinnati in that rivalry game and you know those are a, a couple of the uh, the exciting wins for the Horizon League that stand out even Detroit Mercy which played about as tough of a schedule as anyone in the non-conference going at uh, Tulsa in a, an American Athletic Conference school and winning on the road there so definitely some uh, some notable victories for the league. I know Wright State, they slipped there with a four-game skid, but I believe in the, the non-conference uh, last year at, at one point, they got off to a slow start and lost five in a row. What happened at the end, they were the ones cutting down the nets in Indy. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned there some of the maybe uh, somewhat surprising teams because something that you've chronicled on the, the show here before is that the Horizon League, it's impressive. It's at a point where you've got a lot of coaches with longevity, that starts with the dean, uh, really, of college basketball and Greg Campy at Oakland, but others like uh, Purdue Fort Wayne's John Kaufman now has been around uh, 
in Northeast Indiana for about a decade. But two programs with coaching changes this year, maybe exceeding expectations in Milwaukee and Cleveland State. And, you know, with the Panthers and Bart Lundy, uh, yeah, getting it, getting it done. One thing that's interesting when you look at the success that they've had this year, they're top 20 in the nation in bench minutes. And so a collective effort right there. And then Cleveland State with Daniel Robinson. One thing that kind of jumps out and checking their numbers is that they're top 10 in the country and getting their points inside the arc. You know, so I, I enjoy the variety of, uh, of ways that, that programs around the league are going about having their success. Again, I do see Purdue Fort Wayne most frequently and, you know, they're about top 10 in the country in three point shooting, but you've got a, a program like uh, Cleveland state right now. That's finding a different way to grind out games, slowing it down. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of programs right now having success. You talk about Milwaukee. I mean, their leading score, I think, is like at 10 or 11 a game. They don't have that Antoine Davis or, you know, that Trey Calvin or, or you know what I mean, or that guy that, you know, you could circle on a, on a game play and then just say, hey, we're going to focus on taking this guy out. You take this guy out and you're rolling. Um, you can't take one guy out. They have like eight guys that average six points a game or more. I mean, so you know what I mean? It's just that you talk about the bench points. They're just a very deep team. And that's something I'm going to be talking about with Scott Warris coming up, the voice of the Panthers here uh, later on in the podcast. But, John, I'm excited. We're going to get to some Mastodons talk in a moment. But there's so many big games um, to, to tip things off here, conference play. Look, it, it is weird, though. Like, conference play is already technically tipped off. But this is really, like, the true billing. His non-con is officially done now. Um, you know, the two new teams, Robert Morris and Purdue-Fort Wayne, this is, like, kind of the first real – uh, run around, right? Like, I mean, because the 2020 season, the COVID season was your introduction to Horizon League, of course, uh, Horizon League play. Then 2021, last year, there was still a little bit of COVID bleeding into the start of the season. There were still some restrictions. There were still some games being canceled. It was kind of a bumpy start, but this is the first real season for Robert Morris and Purdue Fort Wayne. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, exactly. And just uh, kind of a weight off of everyone's shoulders, not having to navigate through some of those yep. challenges and not to say, I mean, we still are probably going to see some cases here or there in, in particular, maybe coming out of the holidays where maybe an individual uh, player or staff member is unfortunately going to be sidelined by COVID, but yeah, definitely a different story than just this time last year. As a matter of fact, <laughs> Purdue Fort Wayne and Cleveland state had a game added to the schedule relatively last minute due to uh, IUPUI and UIC at the time being sidelined due to COVID cases. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Don't see that, you know, in the forecast uh, as we turn the calendar into the new year. And, uh, yeah, you said it. We've got kind of like an appetizer there in early December with everyone playing a couple of league games. But now it's full bore. And with, uh, yeah, on both sides, men's basketball and women's basketball, I think uh, plenty of challengers for the opportunity to, to play on into March Madness this year. Let's start on the men's side. A lot of big matchups already this weekend. Again, you kind of you talked about it. I like how you worded that kind of little mini appetizer, if you will. A couple conference games already under the belt for everyone in the league. NKU, um, you know, you look at Northern Kentucky, they're 2-0 uh, in conference play, as is Milwaukee and Cleveland State. And then Wright State 0-2, which is a surprise. I think Oakland um, being, you know, they've lost eight straight. They're 2-11 and overall. They're 0-2 in conference play. That's a team that is, is probably desperate to get to league play, to find a way to kind of flip that switch, if you will. It'll be interesting to see what they do. But, John, uh, we'll start with our two top matchups of the weekend. We might overlap on this. We might not. But I, I think one that I'll be surprised if we both don't have this one, 
I think the right state at, at Northern Kentucky matchup tonight is just really the most intriguing of everything that's happening this weekend because there's a lot on the line. I mean, this is for one uh, regionally here. There's a huge rivalry. Um, you could argue it's probably one of the biggest rivalries in the Horizon League. I mean, these two programs despise one another, respectfully, of course. The fan bases, it is fun. They come out and they fill these arenas. BB&T Arena, the Nutter Center, doesn't matter where it's at. My favorite game every year, I circle it on the calendar for Wright State because that atmosphere, it just it, it, it can't be matched with any other opponent. It's really fun. But there's a lot on the line. These two teams have kind of been the, the face of the league for quite some time as, you know, the kind of a, a left punch and a right punch, if you will. A lot of NCAA tournament appearances between the two over the years, just two staples of the conference. But NKU, they're seven and six, two and oh in conference play. A win for them would be ginormous because it just, you know, forget the non-con record. Who cares? It's all about what you do in the conference moving forward. That would be a huge win for them. But if Wright State loses, John, that's 0-3. It doesn't mean that their season's over. It doesn't mean anything like that. But you don't want to start out 0-3, and you definitely don't want to start out 0-3 when you already have a loss against Youngstown State, and then you add Northern Kentucky into that loss category as well. That's going to make it very difficult to climb the ladder to win the regular season, of course. But I think there's so much on the line in this one. I think this isn't your typical conference late December game. This is going to have a big uh, Horizon League tournament feel to it. I think this is the one I'm most intrigued by here this weekend. Yeah, rematch of last year's conference championship game. And, you know, another thing that's uh, awesome about the Horizon League at this point is that you've got some upperclassmen uh, in some situations, even guys who've taken advantage of a bonus year. But, yeah, upperclassmen, I'm going to say star power. And so, you know, how about the backcourt matchup here with Marcus Warwick shining for Northern Kentucky, Trey Calvin, uh, what recently joining the 1,000-point club in his career now as a senior leader uh, for the Raiders at Wright State. So, um yeah, seems like a pretty uh, pretty intriguing matchup overall, but especially when you you look to those go-to guards. Yeah, Trey Calvin, you mentioned him, uh, your co-Horizon League Player of the Week, big performance against Miami of Ohio. Uh, him and Dwayne Cohill both split that. But, yeah, so Wright State and NKU, my top matchup of the week. What's, what's your first one? Yeah. What, what do you have well, yeah, and Justin, you know, I had a feeling with you coming from uh, the Horizon League's uh, Dayton studio that uh, maybe you were going to pick that right state game. But you know, I'm going to go elsewhere as far as uh, Ohio in the Horizon League and the Buckeye Battle of Northeast Ohio with Cleveland State at Youngstown State on Thursday night. And you touched on Cleveland State, the Vikings, uh, maybe being uh, ahead of schedule here in their new era this season based on the non-conference. And then meanwhile, Youngstown State, if you go by the metrics, whether that's the NCAA's net numbers or KenPom.com, Youngstown State right now is number one in the conference. Uh, and so the Penguins will be at home. That's actually, if uh, I can jump ahead to another game, just that, uh, that circled the double header there, starting actually with the women's game. You got Cleveland State uh, so far. Number one, uh, you know, in the mid-major top 25 for women's college basketball, Destiny Leo, uh, you know, one of the top players across mid-major women's college basketball. But then Youngstown State right up there, also top 25 in that mid-major poll and the preseason favorite for whatever it's worth in the Horizon League. So I'm going with the double header there at Youngstown State uh, as they host Cleveland State, you know, starting with the women's matchup and then followed by the men's matchup. I think we'll Maybe learn a lot. That'll help to uh, to set things up going forward for the rest of the conference schedule. 
Yeah, on the women's side, I, I mean, look, when you look at the upcoming schedule this weekend, um, you, you know, for Horizon League women's basketball, that Cleveland State matchup you talked about, uh, Cleveland State, Youngstown State. But Destiny Leo, I mean, look, we've seen some talented players on the women's side, uh, I mean, for many years. I mean, obviously, look at Macy Williams at IUPUI. Uh, I mean, just you, you think of all the great players that have kind of stepped, you know, made their way through the Horizon League. I'm fortunate to to, uh, you know, work closely with Wright State. I've got to see a lot of great players, including uh, the greatest of all time and Kim Demings come through. But Destiny Leo, she's pretty special, averaging about 17 a game for Cleveland State. And then, John, just what's most impressive, I mean, she, you know, you're going to take a lot of threes, but she's shooting close to 40% from behind the three-point line. I mean, she's deadly from behind that uh, line. And that's just, you know, and she could also hurt you inside too. But she's one of the top players to watch and one of the most fun players to watch in the Horizon League on the women's side, that's for sure. Yeah, we definitely encourage anyone who hasn't had the chance to catch Cleveland State yet. That game will be on ESPN Plus, as uh, all league games are. And, you know, Destiny Leo is from the Cleveland area. So for Coach K and company there, you know, she you know, arguably is a, a power five type of talent who, you know, wanted to stay close to home. And so, uh, again, to the benefit, uh, privilege of all of us uh, following the horizon. So on the men's side, back to our other top matchup, um, you know, obviously Wright State NKU from the rivalry standpoint, what's on the line, Wright State trying to avoid going 0-3 in the conference, NKU 2-0, they want to keep that momentum going and a win over Wright State, that'd be huge because they already got a win over a team that's kind of chomping at the bit in Youngstown State, uh, led by Dwayne Cohill, who's just who's been fantastic. I think that's a name coming in that we knew he was talented, but I think right now the start to the season, he's kind of playing his way into the Horizon Lake Player of the Year conversation with Antoine Davis and some other top contenders as well. But I think the second biggest matchup of the weekend is, you know, maybe I hope I don't take yours. I might here, but Purdue Fort Wayne and, uh, you know, going head to head with Youngstown. Youngstown State's trying to prove that they're for real. Like, this is kind of a, a little bit of a prove-it weekend. Like, you know, what did the non-con tell us? What are some of those stories? Obviously, Milwaukee 2-0. Their, you know, win this weekend would prove, okay, they're legit when it comes to, you know, in the Horizon League. Same thing with Cleveland State. But Youngstown State, they're not just trying to prove that they're, like, a legit good team. They're trying to prove that they're a Horizon League contender. You talked about the net rankings and some of the, the data kind of showing just how elite that they are. But they already dominated Wright State at the Nutter Center. They took Northern Kentucky to overtime and narrowly lost that game. If they could beat the hottest team in the league right now in Purdue-Fort Wayne, who's won five straight, the longest winning streak in the conference right now, that would solidify them as, to me, just in the early going. I would say I would put them at the very top, regardless of standings. I'd say I'd put, uh, you know, I'd put Youngstown State as the, as the favorite right now in the conference just because they're being led by such a dynamic player in Dwayne Cohill. Um, but I think it's a bigger opportunity for Youngstown State. And then for, you know, Purdue-Fort Wayne, obviously, third season in the league, preseason favorites tied with NKU coming in. If they're able to hold off Youngstown State and Dwayne Cohill and, and improve their win streak and keep it going into the weekend, I think that uh, Purdue-Fort Wayne, not that they need to prove anyone anything because they're already getting a lot of praise, but I think a win over Youngstown State would solidify them as the top team in the conference. There's a lot on the line this weekend. Wright State, NKU, intrigued by that one, and then really going to be tuned in to that Youngstown State-Purdue-Fort uh, Wayne matchup this weekend as well. Yeah, what an awesome way for us to close out the calendar year because, again, if you're just going off of uh, the numbers, and for that matter, the eye test, Youngstown State there at the top, and Purdue-Fort Wayne right behind them. As a matter of fact, I know on the Ken Palm rankings, they are literally back-to-back -back, uh, nationally and pretty similar to that when it comes to their net rankings too. And 
They're exactly right. Purdue Fort Wayne right now on a five game winning streak. And you know, one thing that's rather incredible here in a league that features Antoine Davis, who's second in the nation in scoring. And you mentioned, you know, Dwayne Cohill as a guy who's really taken his game to a new level this year. Not to be too numbers heavy here, but if you're going off of the analytics from KenPalm.com, who's been the top all-around performer in the Horizon League this year? It's Jared Godfrey of Purdue-Fort Wayne. Here's a guy who's in truly rarefied air around college basketball. He's an example of a guy here in his fifth year on the court. And Jared Godfrey is one of only four players in all of college basketball who has accumulated at this point more than 1,700 career points, more than, uh, I believe, 1,000 career rebounds, 500 uh, uh, or 400 assist, 500 rebounds, 400 assists, and 200 plus steals. So sorry for all the numbers there. But yeah, to boil it down, Jared Godfrey, a do it all player for the Mastodons. And the crazy thing, considering that, again, the numbers say that he's been the top talent in the league this season. I would say as someone who's had the the pleasure of watching him now for four plus years, he's not even playing his best. He's got another level that he's capable of getting to Uh, a guy who has attracted uh, interests from NBA teams. You know, scouts uh, from the Nets and the Knicks back in the fall were coming through campus. I'm sure others uh, have him on the radar as well. Truly a a pro prospect. Um, And in the words of John Kaufman, uh, the head coach, he's an extension of the coaching staff on the floor. And he's certainly got a great, uh, supporting cast by no means a, a one-man show, and that's why Purdue Fort Wayne uh, figures to be there in contention with Youngstown State and others. Uh, again, to uh, see who reaches the the ultimate horizon. You know, John, real quick too. You know, I'm talking about that Purdue Fort Wayne and that Youngstown State matchup. Uh, you know, you got Robert Morris uh, on the road, of course, and they're kind. Of, Robert yes. Morris is too. They did not look good during the non-con. In fact, they were very underwhelming, and, and I mean that respectfully because where I'm going with this is as poor as they looked in the non-con, I was watching them against Wright State. Wright State played very poor in that loss against Robert Morris. That's not taking anything away from Robert Morris because I'm watching them. Even a couple of the media guys on sit with, they're like, I don't get how Robert Morris is this poor because they have size at every key position. They have shooters. They have great ball handling. Like it, depth is obviously the issue with them, but that's a dangerous team. Look out for Robert Morris because I feel like this could be a potential trap game for Purdue Fort Wayne if they're looking ahead to Youngstown State. This Robert Morris game could be dangerous. They I, they played NKU really tough as well. Just a very weird non-con dynamic. Doesn't look good in the non-con. Beat up on some non-D1 teams. Looked horrible against the D1 teams, and then dominated Wright State and hung in there with NKU. This is another matchup to look for tonight. I think uh, when you look at yeah. Purdue Fort Wayne. They, have, they can't overlook Robert Morris, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I'm sure any coaches who uh, are, are catching uh, our conversation, they're, they're scoffing at us for, you know, looking ahead uh, to matchups come the weekend because, yeah, first things first here tonight, definitely. I think any game, uh, sounds a little cliche, but just any road game in the Horizon League is going to be tough to pull out. And uh, for Robert Morris, actually, they built off of that split at Wright State and Northern Kentucky by winning three of their last four in non-conference games, uh, including a couple of those wins on the road at Central Michigan of the MAC, And then uh, they played a couple of their old NEC rivals in Mount St. Mary's and St. Francis in Pennsylvania. And so I think RMU certainly is coming in with some momentum. I think we already knew that Khalil Spear was pretty pretty much established as a top big man in the Horizon League. But uh, in their backcourt, Enoch Cheeks has uh, has picked things up of late, becoming a go-to guy for them as well. So uh, 
you know, Andy Tool, he knows literally what it takes to, to get a program into the NCAA tournament. He's done that with Robert Morris back in their NEC tenure. And so uh, I think uh, certainly look out for RMU to be a team. And this goes on the women's side too, where, you know, they're kind of in year number three and with things stabilizing uh, out of the pandemic, they're definitely making a jump in the conference. All right, good stuff. Uh, John Nolan, the voice of the Mastodons, Purdue-Fort Wayne, the hottest team in the Horizon League, winners of five straight, the longest win streak in the conference. John, send us out with just kind of, you know, right now the Mastodons rolling. We obviously talked about their matchup with Robert Morris tonight. They got a big one with Youngstown coming up this weekend to close out the 2022 calendar year, of course. Uh, But this is a team that had high expectations coming in. They're living up to it. They're playing really well right now. Winners of five straight looking to add to that win streak coming up here starting tonight with, with RMU. Uh, but uh, what do you, what's clicking for them right now? Obviously living up to all the expectations. Yeah, and you, uh, you said it, five-game winning streak. That includes a victory at Missouri State out of the Missouri Valley Conference, which is actually another one of the, the better wins for the Horizon League in the non-conference. And when you look at the, the Dons at nine and four, that includes losses at Michigan. Uh, Northwestern was a one-point game in the closing minutes. Southern Miss is actually kind of an underrated loss, probably, as uh, Southern Miss out of the Sun Belt. They're 11-2. And and then the Dons did lose their Horizon League opener against Detroit Mercy. You know, one thing, too, for everyone to just make sure to keep in mind here getting into uh, Horizon League plays, that Gerald Liddell was not available for the Titans for their first seven games. And since he's come back in the last six games, making his debut against the Mastodons and perhaps catching them off guard, he is averaging better than a double-double. I think he's had a double-double in every single game. And actually, one thing that was you know interesting about that matchup is that Purdue-Fort Wayne has been the top rebounding team in the Horizon League this year. The first half, though, I think, frankly, the guys just you know didn't have a chance to see video of Liddell. They weren't anticipating that he was going to play. They weren't quite prepared for the handful that he can be on the glass. But if you take that first half uh, against Detroit Mercy out of the picture, Purdue-Fort Wayne, has been top 25 in the nation in rebounding. And that historically has not necessarily been a calling card for them. They only play with one post player in Rob Petty, who's kind of just a, a one man uh, on a mission on the boards, at least on the offensive glass. Uh, one thing, though, again, that, that jumps out with the Don's second season in a row, building off last year when they shared the regular season title with Cleveland State, the difference for them uh, as they picked it up down the stretch was their defense in the non-conference part of the schedule. Purdue-Fort Wayne, statistically, the best defensive numbers in the Horizon League. So talk about their rebounding ability, their, the job they're doing defending. That should scare everyone else around the Horizon League because, truth be told, they're a, a program that's known for their offensive firepower and with uh, Jared Godfrey leading the way. Thing that that really uh, just jumps out overall about Purdue Fort Wayne. You're talking about the second most experienced team in the country in terms of their D1 experience, because not only is Jared Godfrey a fifth year guy, but Damian Chanqui running the point, same thing. Got Bobby Planutis uh, on the wing. He's actually in his sixth year, along with uh, a Rob Petty, and then the the young guy in their starting five core is Deontay Billups, who's just a true senior. So just loads of experience. Uh, and they're hoping that that's going to pay off sort of the uh, the continuity that they've built up playing together for multiple years, that that might be what really separates them when it comes down to uh, to crunch time in March. 
this is no uh, you know shot at any of the teams at the bottom of the conference. I don't really care about standings right now because that picture will change. Conference plays all that matters. But I can't tell you the last time that I looked at the Horizon League and thought that nine of the 11 teams uh, or eight of the 11 teams have a legit shot. There's eight teams at the conference right now that if they were hoisting up the conference uh, tournament championship at the end, it would not surprise me. You know, Detroit is, is such an interesting team. You talked about them getting the addition, uh, you know, to, to have that that star player to put alongside Antoine Davis. You know, Youngstown State obviously being led uh, by Dwayne Cohill, obviously Purdue-Fort Wayne. We don't – we. They're, they're great, right? Like NKU, uh, Milwaukee trying to prove that they have what it takes to get it done. Cleveland State's been responding to the to the coaching transition as well. The league is as deep as it's ever been, and I'm excited that the, the official conference season is tipping off here tonight. John, I beyond appreciate you taking time and hanging out with us. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks. I'll squeeze in just one last uh, standalone game that I'll be keeping an eye on for tomorrow, Friday afternoon. On the women's side, Northern Kentucky at IUPUI. Again, it's going to be uh, really exciting to see. You know, IUPUI, they're sort of uh, in a new chapter. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they are still uh, promising, and they get to play at home against an NKU team that's appeared to be in that top four group uh, in the Horizon League now pretty consistently. So, uh, yeah, I could talk with you all day here, Justin. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up here at this point because I got to get ready to, to flick – Click on uh, ESPN Plus and just be uh, glued to all these great matchups uh, going on throughout the weekend and setting the tone for what's to come into the new year. Absolutely. Good stuff, John. Thank you so much. You're listening to Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Uh, We transitioned from John Nolan, the voice of the Mastodons, really just kind of doing a huge scope of the entire league. We transitioned to our next conversation He's uh, in his seventh year as the voice of the Milwaukee Panthers. Milwaukee eight and four on the season, two and zero in Horizon League play, and they're looking to use this opening weekend of conference play to prove that that two and zero start is not a fluke. And I'm excited uh, to welcome on our next guest, the voice of the Panthers, year seven, Scott Warris. Here's our conversation that we had earlier in the week. Scott Warris with us here on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League, and excited to catch up with the voice of the Panthers. We've kind of spent the last uh, couple months just kind of catching up with the voices of, of, of some of the top teams in the conference, uh, especially now that we're two months in. We have a good sample size. Uh, and Scott, first of all, welcome. I appreciate your time today. Excited to talk a little Milwaukee Panthers with you. And I appreciate the invitation, Justin. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. It's an exciting time here. That's for sure. Yeah, so, uh, you know, one thing we're focusing on today is the fact that, you know, conference play officially tips off tonight. But, you know, you have, because of the, you know, the more teams in the conference and conference play, there's more conference games, so they, they tip off a little earlier. We're technically two games into the conference season, and Milwaukee, one of the surprise teams at 2-0 and atop the Horizon League right now, they have a couple big ones this weekend. But eight and four, and you know, picks number nine in the in the preseason poll, which I know preseason polls don't mean everything, but it does set the tone as far as expectations are concerned. I uh, have a new head coach, obviously, with the Panthers, and he's done a very good job. Eight and four, the start to the season, they are rolling right now. Two and zero in conference play. Bart Lundy has this team playing really well. What are some of the things you're seeing from Milwaukee uh, that are kind of surprising some people? Well, you know, Justin, I, I think going into this season. One of the things that, and you you mentioned the preseason poll, and I, candidly, I put next to no stock in preseason polls in any league, in any sport, in any division, um, and and it's maybe never been more so, um, you know, valid this year for this team because there are 13 new players on a 17-man roster. 
there are only three guys who saw minutes last year. And like you mentioned, an entirely new coaching staff. So, you know, to, to, to look at the preseason poll, and it, it's so hard. I mean, I'm a preseason poll voter. It's just nearly impossible to kind of accurately, you know, predict, I think, in this day and age with player mobility and whatnot, where a team is, is, is going to finish. But to Milwaukee, it is a situation where I think they've taken notice of that ninth place preseason uh, selection. There have been players that have mentioned it to me on the air and off the air about they made note of that. And this is a team that is comprised of a lot of winners, primarily at the junior college level. But this is a team that is not individually, not used to low expectations. They come from like I said, successful programs across the country, primarily JUCO and, and then the, the true freshmen at high school. And these are guys that aren't used to low expectations. So they have taken note, I think, of the low preseason rankings, and they use it as a motivating factor. They really, really do, individually and collectively. And I think one of the most exciting things that, that Coach Lundy has brought is a breath of fresh air new life to this program, to this fan base that really craves it. I mean, this is a program, Justin, that in its history, when it's had a special season, when it's made a special postseason run, fans will show out. Fans will show up. And th there's a fan base, I think, that is just kind of quietly bubbling or, or, or percolating waiting to to explode in, in true fervor. You go back, you know, 15 years ago, the Bruce Pearl Sweet 16 team now. Mm -hmm. They're getting excited about what is happening here. And it's a deep team. I, I haven't checked today, but I know at last time I checked, they're, they're top five in the nation in bench points per game. There isn't one or even two, quote-unquote, stars or superstars. He has been able to, in a pretty short amount of time, build a squad that is deep, that is balanced, that has very versatile players, and you add it all up, and it's led to an 8-4 and four start that has uh, a lot of people pretty excited, like you said. Yeah, you know, it's one thing I had here uh, in my rundown for our conversation was the fact that when you do look at just the kind of the, the way the, the stats kind of break out, I know the stats aren't everything, but I mean, what I think I counted eight players that average at least six points per game. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the leading score is at 10 points or 11 points per game. This isn't a team that has that, uh, you know, Dwayne Cohill or that Antoine Davis or even that Trey Calvin at Wright State. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a, or a Warwick at NKU. This is a very balanced team, as you talked about. And I think that's what's impressive because it's hard to game plan for that. It's hard to, you know, it's not like some teams where if you, for Detroit, for instance, you take out Antoine Davis, your win probability is super high. Milwaukee doesn't have that player that if you take that one player out, you're guaranteed to win because they have so many other guys that could step up. That's what makes them the most interesting in the league when you look at how that's kind of broken down. And it also speaks to, uh, I think, the, in large part, their their selflessness. They're a very unselfish uh, team because, I mean, think about it. If, if, you're, if you're building a roster from scratch almost, right, you're building a roster, a roster from scratch. You're putting together a team from guys all across the country who have never played together before. Everybody has egos. Everybody has, you know, thinks that, you know, they're maybe better than the guy next to them or whatever. 
And this team, and that's been one of the really, the really fascinating things for me to watch this year, Justin, is the chemistry building. How quickly does this team gel? And I will say this, and 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 Bart Lundy has said this as well many, many, many times. They have off-court chemistry that is off the charts for a team that is this quote unquote new. For guys that have only known each other since mid-late summer, if even that, right? They were able to and have been able to build this off-court chemistry, and it clearly shows on the court with, like we're talking about, the, the balanced attack, the selfless nature of, of, of uh, the assist game. And there, there is no one guy that walks off the court, so far as I've been able to tell yet, that is upset when his numbers aren't where he thinks they should be. And I think anytime you have that element on any team, in any sport, you can do some special things. Because I don't know if you can, as a coach or as a leader of anything, can you teach unselfishness? I don't know if you can do that. I think that's either a trait that a player has or they don't have. And so far, certainly, it would appear that this Panthers team has it in spades. Yeah, that's why you hear coaches all the time talk about, you know, trying to, you know, build, rebuild a culture. And a lot of times it's, well, the common sense says, yes, go get talented players. But uh, sometimes you could take a less talented player that is a better team player uh, and get a better result uh, just because of that. We have Scott Warris, voice of the Milwaukee Panthers men's basketball team with us here. And you're seven calling games uh, for the Panthers. You know, it's interesting. You talked about the preseason polls. Hey, you don't put a lot of stock in there. I tell you what, of all the teams in the Horizon League that probably put the least amount of stock into what these polls actually tell you, it is Milwaukee. I mean, half yeah. the time that they've got on these impressive runs in the conference tournament have been years that they've been doubted more than most teams. <laughs> I, mean, I remember my first year working with Wright State, covering Wright, uh, you know, covering Wright State to the Horizon League. They hosted Milwaukee. It was Matt Tibby. It was Matt Tibby's final year, I believe, that 2014 title game. Uh, I remember after Milwaukee won, I mean, he ran over to the Wright State bench. Some people didn't like it, but he let them know because uh, Coach Donlin at the time had voted them last in the league, and he wanted to let him know that, hey, we just beat your team and are going to the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. So I've always been fascinated with Milwaukee. That's always that wild card team you got to look out for come tournament <laughs> time. Well, sure. it, it, it really is funny uh, it, because you're right, and I, I've heard that you know, from people as, as we travel around the league or, or whatever the case may be, and whether it's an, another member of the broadcast crew or just, you know, members of the program of the other team. And they'll say, well, you know, in the end, Milwaukee will find a way to do something crazy <laughs> in the tournament, whether it's, you know, Laval Jordan's one year, my first year. Yeah, yeah Justin, how, my first year with the guys, we won more games for one week in March than they did in all of February. I mean, it was that was the year that they were the 10 seed, and it was a 10-team league that year. They were the 10 seed, and they made it all the way to the title game, losing out to Northern Kentucky. Or you think about, uh, what was that, two years ago now, the, the, yeah, the, the COVID year, uh, yeah. when Coach Baldwin had the guys, and you mentioned Wright State, and that incredible comeback that they had there at the Nutter Center oh, and, and went on to the semifinals. It's like a twenty-four. <laughs> yeah, it's a twenty-four-point game with like yeah. what six and a half minutes to go. I mean, the game yep. was done. I've made. I was on the call, the radio call that night because the oh. league doesn't let you do the stream and That's the radio. Right. So I did the radio call that night, and I made the. I did what you're not supposed to. I'm talking about man, really looking forward to Indianapolis. 
Can't wait to go. You know? And then six but, and a half minutes later, foot and mouth, I tell you. No, no, no. No, but but Justin, you were supposed to do that because no <laughs> team had ever come back from that many points in that few minutes in the history of Division One college basketball. So you should have been looking ahead. You can't put blame <laughs> on yourself for that. You were doing exactly what any good broadcaster was doing the only thing that the only regret i have you'll like this the only regret i have about that night is that i wasn't there with you because of the covid travel restrictions i was sitting in an empty classroom back on milwaukee's campus going bonkers calling the game off a big screen tv um but yeah that's just another example and and you mentioned the 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 run that they made in what was a 14 i guess Every couple of years, they do something crazy in the postseason, and you throw out the preseason rankings because of it. And like, hey, look, the Horizon League, maybe more so than any other conference, power six or or, or mid-major, the the Horizon League knows what wild postseasons look like and whether it's Milwaukee or somebody else. In hindsight, in March, we look back at the preseason rankings, and we we probably all have a good chuckle, but, um, but it can motivate kids. It really can. It, it, and it, it is for this team. All right. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Warris, voice of the Panthers with us. It's reached the horizon, the official podcast of the horizon league. A lot of big games uh, to tip off. I, I like how we're, we're uh, framing it as tipping off conference play, but Milwaukee two and O in horizon league play as we currently sit here, but now they're going to, to take on Oakland, Oakland, the team, obviously, uh, you know, coached by Greg Campy. You can never uh, count them out, but you got Oakland uh, coming up. And then of course, this weekend at Detroit, you got Antoine Davis and company, uh, Two well, and zero in Horizon League play, eight four <laughs> overall. Talk about the first week, you know, another stretch here where they're sure. going to be, you know, taking on two solid teams in conference play. Yeah, and you know, it, on the one hand, it, it it excites me because this is the first time, you know, it, it's all new. It, it's new to Coach Lundy and his staff. It's new to these players to go to these venues to play these teams and these coaches that you know I know well because I've been around longer than most of the guys on the roster. Um, is, is, you know, heading into Oakland, um, always, a t- obviously it's always a tough place to play. Um, and you look at an Oakland squad, um, they haven't, they haven't played a home game and haven't won a game since November yep. 19th. So, you know, that they're going to be happy to get back on the blacktop and play in the arena. And that place is, you know, it doesn't take much for the, to get that place rocking and rolling and coach Campy will have them motivated. I know they were disappointed with what happened at Michigan State the other night. Um, and it's always tough. It is always tough playing in that venue and against that team. And then, and then you know, 40, less than 48 hours later, on Saturday uh, noon Detroit time, um, Antoine Davis and company. And uh, Justin, th- this is a kid, and I know you've talked about him at length, and the adjectives have been, all been used. There, there, there's no new terminology that I can come up with to describe him other than a Panthers killer. He is averaging 30 points a game against Milwaukee in his career, 30 points a game. And, and, and I think it's a sample size of five or six games. Now I don't think, uh, yeah, cause Milwaukee didn't play them in the COVID year. I mean, he has, and I, I don't know if they keep track of such stats or what, but he has uh, terrorized Milwaukee. Unlike any player in the history of Panthers opponents. Um, but it, it excites me because again, how does coach Lundy, how does this team play these guys play Oakland, but defend Davis. 
I am really interested and, and excited to see about how they go about defending Antoine Davis and, and, and showing him looks that he hasn't seen before. You know, one thing we even talked about, Justin, real quickly, though, is the fact that, you know, Lundy brings a 94 feet of defense mentality and strategy. They will have a body on the ball for 40 minutes for 94 feet. And nobody else in this league does that. So it's been very interesting, and I'm even more interested now to see how does his style that he's bringing Milwaukee, not quite Bruce Pearl, you know, full court pressure for 94 feet type stuff, but still, how does his style, how does his strategy play in this league? That's the exciting thing, you know, from, from a, you and me as broadcasters, from a broadcast perspective. That's the thing that interests me. And like you say, it'll get going um, at the arena Thursday night. All right. Send us out with this, Scott. It's been pretty cool. I know Pat Baldwin no longer uh, the head coach uh, with Milwaukee, but uh, obviously Pat Baldwin Jr., one of the biggest headlines in Horizon League uh, history, of course, was when Pat Baldwin Jr. committed to Milwaukee. Um, and, you know, that was a name that everyone thought was going to go play at a Duke or a, a bigger program uh, and then go on to play in the NBA. And then you kind of forget about him a bit because the run, obviously, was a little underwhelming, of course. That's no disrespect. I think everyone expected that to go a little smoother than what it did. But now the kid's just having a very hot start in the NBA. I mean, he had a very solid outing the other night for the Golden State Warriors. That could be a sneaky get for the Warriors, who always seem to find these types of talents. And uh, Pat Baldwin Jr. Hmm. looks pretty solid. It's kind of fun watching him uh, kind of pop off in the league a little bit. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. And whenever anybody asks me about Patrick or about the Baldwin family, I always say first class, classy. And it n- nobody, you're absolutely right. Look, nobody is happy. Everybody was disappointed with how last year played out, not just individually for Patrick, but for the program and the team as a whole, obviously, and the changes that came because of what, what happened or, or what didn't happen. But when he, you know, I would talk to people about which teams would be best for Patrick to draft him, and I'm no NBA analyst. I mean, I'm, I'm no draft expert or guru. I do not have a mock draft, Justin. I will not be releasing my mock draft. Um, and he, uh, Golden State's on the list. Why? Because he doesn't have to be a star for them. You know, they, it's it's not as if they, they need Patrick to come in and start and to carry the load. I mean, and is there any better team? Is there any better organization for him to learn and to grow and to talk with those on the team than Golden State? I mean, as somebody with his size, it's funny. One of the first descriptions I ever heard of Patrick when he was still in high school, early high school, was that he's a taller Clay Thompson. And I never forgot that. And now, lo and behold, X number of years later, he's a teammate of Clay thompson's and and you've been able to see if you followed it this year they've been using him in the g league and he's been really good in the g league and then bringing him up from time to time just to kind of acclimate him to the nba game i think that's an ideal situation for him a perfect situation for him just to 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 learn that level of basketball and to grow and you're right he's taken advantage of some of the limited opportunities he's gotten from steve kerr and company uh, so far this year and i for one I know a lot of fans aren't happy with with how everything went out. Nobody's happy with how how last year played out. But uh, knowing him and knowing his dad, Pat, and his mom, Sean, um, 
knowing that family as I do, I'm just so happy for him. And I will be, I will be his biggest fan the rest of the way out. And I, as I am the entire family. So it is fun to watch. It is definitely fun to watch and track as, as a horizon league alum, if only for one year. Absolutely. I mean, and again, just watching the highlights and his, you know, he was at the Barclays center against the nets. I mean, just the smooth release and he has such a high release too, because he's such a big kid. Uh, I mean, he's shooting with a hand mm-hmm. in his face and, and not going to, he was six for six the other night, five for five from behind the three point line. Uh, just a very solid outing for him, but really cool, really cool. Nonetheless, but Scott, you're awesome. Thank you so much for taking time. I mean, you know, love the holidays, uh, you know, but of course, but this is my favorite time of year, not because of the holidays, but because conference plays here and you could just feel the intensity in any arena you're in, as you know, so excited for Milwaukee, excited, you know, happy about the start that they've had and excited for conference play to be here. Thank you so much for being a guest on this week's reach the horizon. Oh, it's my pleasure, Justin. And, uh, Love to do it again, maybe down the line. And uh, we'll see what the Panthers have in store down the stretch and hopefully another, another something special in the conference tournament come March. Thanks for having me.